Hi everybody, this is Megan Weaver and welcome to Water Wine Time Love, Life and Entertainment. I have Carrie Holland who is now about to be my future brother-in-law. So welcome. Hey. Come in a little closer here. Let's bring you in. Let's bring you into Periscope so people can see that I'm not like a cuckoo person and I'm talking to myself. They're mm. like, oh, there's someone here. Okay, right. so these, as appropriate, I guess it makes sense that you were all like tucked in the corner because music producers are not really seen anyway. Most people don't even know what certain music producers look like yeah. or musicians because they're not the artists that are on the forefront. Right. Uh, yeah, so just so you guys know, Carrie Holland has done our Green Bench theme music. Yes. So you guys here, whenever you're listening to our sketches on Green Bench, this is the guy right here, right here. You guys can't see here or see what I'm doing on podcasts, but on Periscope. You can see what I'm doing. Uh, yeah, so he's done our music. He's here in town visiting in L.A. from North Carolina. And he's showing off his beer, which is a West Coast IPA. So as you guys know, I always treat my host to a beverage. I feel like it's only right. Mm -hmm. And is this your favorite beverage? Or what is your favorite drink of choice? You're a beer drinker. I'm a beer guy. He's a beer guy. So is this the your favorite? Well, not necessarily this brand, mm -hmm. but... The style, IPA, Indian Pale Ale, is my favorite. Mm -hmm. So uh, they're very high in alcohol content. They're very bitter, very, mm -hmm. uh, as we call it, hoppy. Hoppy. So, uh, yeah, it's, a very, it's an acquired taste, kind of like, uh, like okra. Like okra? Like okra. Or squash. I love okra. I love okra. Did you love it all your life? I didn't. Actually, someone from the South introduced me to okra, and now I have okra in my freezer. You guys, I don't know why I'm pointing because you guys can watch that on Periscope. Mm -hmm. But in my freezer, which is behind you guys, I have okra. Um, yeah, so why is it, you know, your what is it? You said it's hoppy. Very what hoppy. does it taste like, though? I'm going to be real. Beer doesn't really taste good. It doesn't. Uh, it's just some beers are more tolerable than others. Therefore, we equate them to being good. Mm -hmm. You know, but... It uh, just has this, um, one of my friends says, IPA tastes kind of floral. Okay. And, and I don't know how you distinguish what something floral is. Do you mm -hmm. do you eat bouquets? I don't know. But So if you guys eat flowers, that's what this beer tastes like. Pretty much, that's what you're saying. Yeah. So if you want to taste flowers, everyone, get this beer. West Coast IPA. Yeah. yeah. And this was actually sold in a four-pack, you know, before we started the podcast today. Yeah. Um... Yes, exactly. At 1.30, we stay termed. No matter what time of day it is, whatever you want to drink whenever you come on my podcast, if you are an artist, whoever said that, if I ever have you on my show, if you want to drink, you know what, speaking of that, it's we my, were... It's my day off. It's your day off. Yeah. And on one of my podcasts, she had, we had ciders for breakfast. She was Irish. And if you want to have ciders for breakfast and you're a guest on my show, why not? I don't not? judge. There is no judgment on my show. Yeah. Ever. Mm -mm, no judgment. Someone else might judge you. But I'm not going to judge you. Thank you. No judgment here. And like I said, we were in town visiting. He's from North Carolina. So he actually flew in yep. to be on my podcast. Yes, yes. Yeah, just for this podcast. I could not resist no. your invite. So yeah. I, I had to be there in person. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And he said, all right, I'm booking my flight. Yeah. I'm lying. Okay, I'm lying. I wish that was the <laughs> case. But he was actually here for a workshop, a conference, yeah. panel, music conference. And it's called the ASCAP. Yeah, ASCAP. ASCAP. I just wanted to say the letters out. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I guess got a little whatever. Yeah, it's the ASCAP. ASCAP Music uh, Conference. So, what is that conference? Tell me about it. Like, what? It, how does it? How yeah. does it? What's it about? All right. So this is the tenth year of mm -hmm. ASCAP Expo, but this is my first year actually going. Okay. So the ASCAP uh, is the, uh, and I may get the acronym incorrect, but I believe it's the Association of songwriters, composers, and publishers. Mm -hmm. um, might be producers. Either way, it's for songwriters and artists. And, it, and basically, ASCAP is what we call a, uh, a pro, a performing rights organization. So let's take an artist like uh, Neo, who, who was signed, at, well, not signed to ASCAP, but is an ASCAP member. So that protection, basically what ASCAP and other performing rights organizations do is when your song is performed live, Mm -hmm. or at a concert, or on a TV show, or a movie, or uh, on the radio, it's their job to make sure you get your royalties from your work being played. And that's how those checks keep coming in. So it's best for all artists, independent or major, to sign up for one of the pros, and most do. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. There's ASCAP, there's BMI, and then there's CSAC. ASCAP just has happens to have the biggest membership. Mm -hmm. So they do this expo every year, and I just joined ASCAP this year, so here I am to learn. They're going to have panels, concerts, vendors. Uh, it's going to be a lot of information to gather. I even get a one-on-one -on -one session with a producer to talk about his experiences. Um, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm not necessarily ready or prepared for it, mm -hmm. but but I have till Friday to, mm -hmm. to get ready for it. Um, but it starts tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be all day Thursday, Friday, half a day Saturday, but I'm really looking forward to uh, soaking in this knowledge about the industry and hopefully be inspired. Mm -hmm. That's the goal. So this conference is once a year once with ASCAP. Once a year, but ASCAP does a lot of events in other places, but this is their big event. This is the I Create Music event, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it's, it's going to be a, just a, a great a great thing. I, for anyone who's listening or on Periscope who's a musician, an artist, a songwriter, a producer, a composer, uh, and you haven't signed up for a uh, performance rights um, organization yet, ASCAP. Look up the expo, look at the schedule, see all the things that are going on. More importantly, protect yourself. That's, that's what it's really about. Mm -hmm. So did the other ones, you said BMI, and then there's another one too. Called CSAC. CSAC, that's right. Mm -hmm. And so they have workshops or conferences Absolutely. as well. But you decided to go with ASCAP. Right. Do you think that you would sign up for the other ones as well? And can you do that? Or is it not ex is it an exclusive? Uh, it depends on how you sign up. If you mm -hmm. sign up as a... You sign up as a, a writer, and then you sign up as a publisher. So you're signing up twice for two different roles. Mm -hmm. So when I, uh, let's say I, I make a beat, and I get an artist to perform on it, right? Mm -hmm. We pull out what is called a split sheet. Something you'll hear in the music industry a lot is publishing. Publishing basically is royalties. You know, how mm -hmm. you're making money, reoccurring revenue from what you do. And let me know if I'm whispering. You know, you know, I got a soft voice. I know. I'm like, you are kind of whispering here. I'm, I'm sorry. You it's know, like, I, relax. I mean, be relaxed. Yeah, you know, you know, I got a soft voice. I'll just bring the microphone closer. Okay, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. All right, so um, where was I? A split sheet, right? Yes. Right, so, you know, I made the beat. That writer wrote the lyrics or, or, and performed it. So maybe we'll split it 50-50, right? Mm -hmm. So um, when I submit that sheet, I'm going to submit it under my publishing name, VSOP Mania, mm -hmm. right? So that's the second piece of it. Mm -hmm. So it's just, um, I, in terms of what I choose on one of, on, over the other, I just went with ASCAP because, again, they just had the biggest membership. Mm -hmm. But BMI is just as good, right? Mm -hmm. um, so um, you really can't go wrong with, with either. Either way, their job is to protect you and make sure that you get the fruits of your labor, mm -hmm. at least in the United States. Got it, got it. So can you be a part or do stuff throughout the year? I know they have this big conference going mm -hmm. on now, but are there other events and stuff oh, yeah. throughout the year? Yeah, they'll do stuff in Nashville and other music hubs, Atlanta, New York. You know, I just figured that this one would be the best one to attend because mm -hmm. it's going to be the biggest one. Star-studded lineup coming in, you know, of producers and songwriters. You ever heard of uh, Aloe Black? Yeah. He'll be there. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's, it's going to be awesome. I, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be really good. So, uh, depending on how this goes and how and what networking opportunities come out of it, maybe I'll attend some of the ones that are closer to home. But uh, mm -hmm. I just knew that I would be doing myself a disservice if I didn't come to this one. Got it. Now, who's supposed to be performing? Because you said concerts. Now I know everybody listening and watching. Everyone likes a good concert. Yeah. And I'm not a part of ASCAP, <laughs> but if you would like to invite me to this concert, depending on who's performing, right. you know, I'm down. Do you know who's performing offhand? I know that Aloe Black will be performing at least on one uh, thing. I'm trying to pull up the schedule now. Mm -hmm. Hold on one moment. I am, uh, there we go. There's some acts I've never heard of. Mm -hmm. um, some older acts. Let's see here. I don't know if anybody on Periscope is, you know, has a favorite concert. I mean, it's going to be like all types of... Or who they want to see. All genres. It'll be hip-hop. It'll be uh, R&B, country, pop. Mm -hmm. um, they yeah, because ASCAP covers all types all, of music, so it's genres, not just specific yeah. to something. They'll, they'll, even have, they'll even have special uh, events strictly about women who are behind the scenes in music, which mm -hmm. I actually look forward to learning more about that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to see who... There's really no one that I have heard of outside of Aloe Black. Mm -hmm. um, there's a guy from REO Speedwagon. Um, 
And let's see. Here we go. But you know what? It's like sometimes the, for me, the independent artists, mm -hmm. the people that aren't discovered, those are the gems. Oh, absolutely. And they have, they're the ones that take more risk with their music mm -hmm. than people that are assigned to these labels because the labels have restrictions and they have things that they want them to say and things that they want them to do and all that. You know, I'm not a musician, but from what I, my understanding, my knowledge, so these are the artists that you kind of want to see. These are the undiscovered talent. Well, you know, part of the of the performance piece of it, and again, I still haven't found the, the list of performers yet. So yeah, I mean, if you do, yeah. but you know, we'll get to it. Either yeah. way, there'll be performances from mm -hmm. artists who are in the industry. But yeah, actually, there is the opportunity for independent artists or people on the come up to actually uh, submit their music for feedback panels, to where it will get played mm -hmm. in front of a audience of other producers and A and Rs to give honest critical feedback. Uh, that's one thing. There's also a showcase for rappers and producers um, to uh, showcase their beats and also their songs in front of industry producers, which is great. Um, there's a feedback feedback panel separated by genre. I mean, there's really there's great ways to get heard and get feedback. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm there to learn. I didn't submit any music for feedback because mm -hmm. I just. I don't know. You know, I wasn't ready. Yeah, I mean, well, this is the first time around for, for you for you to go to this conference. It almost seems like for this conference, it's good for everybody. Yeah. I'm it's not specific for just all the Neos, the Rihannas, the Beyonce's. That's everybody. You know, it's for everybody, and it seems, you know, beneficial. You can learn from it. So especially, like I said, from you in North Carolina, for people living in Montana, Rhode Island, wherever, mm -hmm. these are the conferences that you need to go to. Right. I mean, you you never know who you're going to meet in the elevator. Mm -hmm. uh, going back to Aloe Black, he got his break by coming to one of these expos five years ago mm -hmm. and meeting someone, and now he's written countless hits, you know? So it's about being in the right place at the right time. They say uh, luck is when opportunity meets preparation, mm -hmm. right? So that's what we are here for, myself and hundreds of maybe even thousands of other musicians, songwriters, and producers are going to be at this event soaking up the knowledge. I got, mm -hmm. my, got my business cards in the mail yesterday. I got pens and pads. I'm ready to go, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and then next, I, 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 and I'm really interested in seeing the feedback panels to see what these industry insiders, not necessarily have to say in critiquing uh, these people's work, but more importantly, and what's their vision of where they see the industry going, right? Mm -hmm. Because... What we hear on the radio is stuff that's months, maybe even years old, right? Mm -hmm. So what's the future? Where is it going? And how can we get ahead of that? I mean, there's going to be um, panels on and, and, and master sessions on writing the, the, the secret formula to writing a hit song. Um, goes back to even engineering, different ways of producing and composing. Uh, I mean, it's just a, a, a wealth full of knowledge, and I don't think anyone who should feel restricted because they're in, in, a, in a particular genre. Mm -hmm. I don't want a country independent artist saying, well, maybe I shouldn't do this because I only do country. No, all genres are going to be there, like you said. Mm -hmm. Whether you rap, you make beats, regardless of what you do, you would benefit from attending conferences like this where you know you're running to industry professionals, but also see a bunch of people who are hungry just like you. And... Mm -hmm. Honestly, I use this to gauge sometimes how hungry people really are because I told the artists that I worked with back, back home, I told them six months ago when I first registered for this, like, hey, you really need to go to this event. Mm -hmm. And are they here? I, they're not on this podcast. No. So I mean, they didn't they, they fly out for this podcast and they're not here at all. Uh, exactly. Because if you're not doing this right now, then you're not I'm, doing anything. I mean, because you only pay for my ticket. Exactly. Yeah, you're not going to pay for their ticket. No. Freeloaders. Yeah. Get out of here. I don't do that. I just paid for one. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you, this is a great opportunity. Um, I'm looking forward to the knowledge that I'll get from it. Again, hopefully I'll, I'll come very inspired. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes you just need that. You know, you just kind of, you got to see what other people are going so you can figure out where you're going. Mm-hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Now, I know you were saying earlier, too, like, you know, just testing people's passion and, you know artists from different levels but now what i've noticed at least with music you can make people sound like whitney houston 
in a studio. Maybe not Whitney Houston. Not Whitney Houston. Yeah, I was like, well, that's, that's a stretch. But you Man. can make people sound good in a studio that yeah. don't sound good. Yeah. At least that's what I've been hearing on the radio. Yeah. Granted, some people can sing, but, you know, would you want to work with an artist that has a great look, you know, and has all this stage presence, you know, really charismatic and has this huge personality? Or would you want to work with someone who's very talented, can sing, can write, give you great stuff to work with, mm-hmm. but then they don't look like an artist that everybody would want to see. Oh, Maybe, yeah. Yeah. you know, or their presence or their personality outside of their, you know, studio is not the best. That's, Who would you pick? That's actually a great, great question. Um, I'm looking for that raw talent. You know, there's singers and then there's Sangers. Sangers. Right? Yes, right? I was going to say, there's Sangers. I, I, and I'll take the Sanger and the, and the thought-provoking writer mm-hmm. over the singer who can just hold a note mm-hmm. good enough to do what we hear on the radio. Mm-hmm. You know, um, And I think if you have charisma or, and a great personality, you can overcome the way you look. Like Kelly Price. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelly Price. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who else. Um, Fantasia. Mm-hmm. No, she's not the finest no. uh, piece of China, but... <laughs> the finest piece of China. But, but she is so talented. Oh, Sia. There you go. Yeah, because Sia definitely, her personality and her performance is very... She's the one that sings Chandelier, right? Yes. Love it. And what she does, cause I wonder does she have like confidence issues or is she shy or introverted? Who knows her personality? I, I saw her on Saturday Night Live and she just stood sideways yeah. with her face covered but the act where her dancers doing their theatrics but mm-hmm. her voice is like undeniable, right? Mm-hmm. See, it looks, kind of looks like Uma Thurman. A little she bit. does. It's like Uma mm-hmm. Thurman. But I mean, yeah, it's not about, about looks, it's about the raw talent because there's a lack of it. On my way here today, I was listening to... Um, because uh, it's a five-hour ride, so I went through. And thank you again for that first-class seat. I mean, I you, I you bring in host with you bring in your guests with style. I do, I do. So I got a chance to listen to uh, you know the entire Stevie Wonder anthology at a close of the century, and I'm just sitting here like, yeah, we don't get this anymore. Mm-mm. Um, Mm-mm. The, not just um, in terms of the 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 style of singing, but the storytelling aspect is, is not there anymore. It's, 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 I'm tired of love songs, to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. But are they love songs out now? Are they really love songs? They're really nasty songs or something. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's there's the gamble. There's the trifling song. There's always the trifling song, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're my side chick or, you know, a nasty song. There's the I want you back song because I messed up. There's the, and there's the I love you so much song, right? But the storytelling that was back in the day where, you know, Stevie Wonder singing about skeletons in your closet or singing about, superstitious writings on the wall or just singing about the birth of his child and isn't she lovely like mm-hmm. the, the 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 machine is not allowing that to creep through mm-hmm. you know and even the artists that I work with back home all her songs are about love or you did me wrong or she hasn't told a story about who she is yet and she has mm-hmm. a story that she hasn't told yet mm-hmm. you know and everybody has a story mm-hmm. but you have to dig deep to find it, and that's what's that's the gems of the indep- of the independent industry, the independent artists. I just we just had our art of cool festival in North Carolina. Okay. Every year, every April, this was the second year. Art of cool. Art of cool fest. Okay. We had Anthony Hamilton as the headliner. He tells stories. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we also had Roy Ayers. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but a lot of people have sampled him. Uh, Everybody loves the sunshine. Mm-hmm. That's Roy Ayers. Okay. Mm-hmm. But more importantly. I discovered two incredible independent artists. Oh, I didn't discover them, but they were on the stage, and I would not have known they were there. Uh, one called, uh, her name is Moo Moo Fresh. Okay. Well, that's her nickname, Moo Moo Fresh. Is that her artist name? Her artist name is, okay. uh, is, 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 is Messina Youssef, a.k.a. Moo Moo Fresh, M-U-M-U Fresh. Just Google that. Okay. Moo Moo Fresh. You Moo Moo Fresh. Amazing charisma. Uh just incredible energy, a beautiful voice. She raps and sings, which I'm not a fan of people doing both, unless you can do them both do really well, well. Mm-hmm. like Lauren Hill. Mm-hmm. And she can do it. Mm-hmm. 
Then this other group called Mad Sata, M-A-D-S-A-T-T-A, out of New York. A white band. They got one black keyboardist, but a white band with so much soul. And a female lead singer who has the dirtiest, gruffiest, raw voice, but it sounds so good. Mm. And I'm like, that's what we need more of. I don't know if that will ever get through the machine until we have another resurgence of uh, a, a label that really wants to get behind that, like Hidden Beach did with Jill Scott's and the Philly soul movement. We need another one of those. Uh, until then, we're going to get, you know, the, what was that kidding song? Because we fucking know what, or whatever that song is called. Some shit. Oh. Some... Some fuckery. <laughs> Some ratchet song. Some ratchet shit on the radio. And you know, but, but people listen to it because, and I admit, I'm guilty of it. Yeah. When you hear a song that's a catchy beat, yeah. and then you're just like, oh, okay, I'm, I like this song. And my mom tells me, she was like, Megan, do you know what it's saying? Do right. you know what it's really saying? I'm like, I don't know, but it's catchy. But it'll have, actually, this says respect. It'll have disrespect towards women. And I'm just singing to it, you know. I, now I try to be more conscious of it. Yeah, I remember when we was at uh, I don't forgot what that club was called, uh, in, in in Hollywood. It's not open anymore. It was in the top Highlands. Highlands. Yeah. And I remember um, because it was you and Sharon, and we were all there, and um, bitches ain't shit, but hoes and tricks came yeah. on. Yeah. Y'all was just dancing to it, and I had just had that talk with Sharon earlier about. Y'all don't listen to the words. And she looked at me. She was like, I know this is bad, but I can't help but dance to it. <laughs> because there's, Prime there's, example. Yeah, there, there's a place for that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to hate on it and say that what even what we hear on the radio is all bad. It's not all bad. Mm-hmm. There's a place for it. Because when I go to the club in Vegas, I don't want to hear, as much as I love J. Cole and, and Nas and Fantasia, I don't want to hear that at the club. I want to hear the party music. You do. You go to the club to party. There's a there's, so there's a place for it. I just wish they could make a little room to bring in to, to bring some more variety to it. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I mean. That's all. Just a little bit more more variety, at least some more soul. Like I don't know how how much play uh, D'Angelo is getting on the radio. Mm, not much, right? Um, or Anthony Hamilton, or you know, uh, I. I it's just a different. It's a different machine now, in, mm-hmm. in hip hop and R and B. Uh, but I digress. I, I went all over the place. No, you're fine. Do you want? I mean, do you see, like these artists that you mentioned that you're working with now? Mm-hmm. Would you think about having them to do whatever is relevant now, and then molding to make this something new? Because obviously, you know, some people might not be open to the new stuff. I want to give them the freedom to do whatever they want. Um, I mean, part of my job as a producer is to help make you help make you sound good. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, there's still there's all there's also a generation gap between me and my artists. They're still in their twenties. Mm-hmm. Now I'm in my mid to late thirties. Mm-hmm. So we so while I will idolize Stevie Wonders and the people who I looked up to, that generation idolized Bow Wow, and, and mm-hmm. they think Chris Brown is the truth. Chris Brown is actually great. He's a girl. He, he just makes you know that that thug shit, but he'll snap mm-hmm. out of it eventually. So I'm I'm not going to force my artists that I work with to do anything outside their comfort level. It's just I encourage them to be different and don't feel as if you're constrained to a certain box. Like I had one artist say to me, "Hey, I know this will sell," and he started doing some what I consider to be, it wasn't that good to begin with, mm. but just to sit here and say, you're doing this because you know this will sell, like, does, but does that feel good to you? What feels good to you? And, and I think we've had that conversation on why I don't make a lot of trap beats, you know, because I can make them, but I don't get any, it's not a challenge to me. Mm. I don't get any really fun or fulfillment out of doing that. If I do it, it just so happens that was the mood I'm in. Again, when I go to the, to the club, well, those are the beats I want to hear. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear Wu Tang. I love Wu Tang. Mm-hmm. Now I want to hear the bouncy shit, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, you have to, as an artist, you have to be free. You have to be creative. I'm going to let my artists that I work with be free, but I'm going to make sure that a they don't get redundant. I had to catch the female artist I work with now because she has a couple songs where she was singing in the same cadence, the same mm-hmm. way, and I was like, "Well, you've already done that. Let's try to go." another direction. 
part of that could be due to education and not understanding music, right? So I so and sometimes yeah yeah you, you gotta let your ego go. I don't I don't sit here and study music theory for no reason. I study it so I can go further. So I will go. I will tell a singer, although you sound good, you need to go see a vocal coach. Mm-hmm. You you would benefit from learning an instrument. Grab a guitar or a piano because you'll you'll after a while it'll make sense to you and you'll know how far you can go. Because if you want to be a shower singer, or if you want to that's sing, what I do. There you go. I'm a professional. Or if, or if you want to <laughs> sing, if you want to sing background, right? Or if you want to do hooks, I mean. Go for it. Mm-hmm. But if you want to be a lead, if you want to be a lead singer, like, ain't that much room at the top. There's Beyonce, Alicia Keys, and then everybody else. Mm-hmm. So on the independent scene, you have to build a following, and you build that by showing how talented you are and how you stand out, how you really can sing from the bottom of your gut. Mm-hmm. But if you're just, you know, doing a little catchy sing songy shit on the radio that really does not give me the opportunity to really appreciate your voice mm-hmm. i have no idea you, if you can sing or not you know uh you like carrie hilson yeah i had no idea how good she could sing until i heard her sing america america the beautiful mm. because that song requires you to hold notes yeah. as opposed to trying to cram as many words as you can in a bar i, I feel like these singers are rapping they're not singing Mm-hmm. Like that's Nelly shit. Let Nelly do his thing. Quit biting, you know. But uh, I can I can talk about this all day. So you also talked about instruments too, because uh, now you actually know how to play multiple instruments. Yes. How do you think that's benefited you by being a producer or being for also musicians and artists too? You know, free Nelly. Nelly, wait, Nelly. Is Nelly in jail? Is Nelly in jail? Is Nelly in jail. Oh, wait. Please reply. I know. Please reply. Yeah, please. I'm like, I just thought Nelly was chilling at home. Yeah. Oh, shit. Are we learning something new? Did he smack up? what? Did he smack up Ashanti? Yeah, please inform us. I don't know why he's in jail. I thought, I really thought Nelly was like. Damn. Okay, let's see. Gun and drug charges. Nelly. Yeah. That's sad. I mean, I. Granted, rappers. Please, rappers, you know, um, pulled over his tour bus. And, oh, I think I heard about was that. It, so was it the people on the bus? I with think it him? was people on the bus they were carrying, they were that had drugs. And he said, now, I think this is what, yeah, I remember this story now. And they, he said he didn't know anything about it. He didn't know that there were drugs on the bus, on the tour bus. Now, granted, I doubt, to be honest, on, on Nelly's side, I, I know he's not doing a pat down. Right, right. He's not patting down his friends on the bus saying like, oh, hey, let me no. make sure, you know, no one has drugs and no one has guns or anything. But at the end of the day, that's just like for you on the pod, listen on Periscope, everybody on podcasts and us, if we're in a vehicle, this is a little lesson for everybody. If you're in a vehicle with someone else who has drugs or weapons and the guns are not registered, you're going down, you're going down with them. Yeah, you know, I, I, can rem- I remember this clear as day when I was a teenager hanging out with my rapping buddies and a producer friend of mine, he got he got in my car. I was driving I was driving my mom's car. So I'm in, telling some inside information here. I was driving my mom's car. And he just pulled a, a bag of crack rock out of his pocket and just sat it in the, uh, the ashtray. Because back then, cars had ashtrays. I don't know if they mm-hmm. have those now. I think they still have them. But he put in the ashtray under the ashtray, and I was like, "Dude, why, why are you stashing cracks in my mom, in my mother's car?" But just think about that. Had we got pulled over, I would have went down for his shit. So you never know who's you know when, when y'all were in town for the wedding. You know, remember Jason was like, "Yo, I'm packing," but he's registered. But though. yeah, he's a he's registered because he's a. Well, I think he's... He's registered all the way. He just registered. He just, he's not a police officer. He just has his... He has, a, he has his license to conceal and everything. But he's mm. like, I'm packing. You'll never know it. Mm. And how many other people who are riding dirty are packing? you never know it. Yeah. Well, you got to think about that. That's almost with any profession. But I think mainly for people, you know, artists, rappers for the most part, and I, I guess singers as well, depending on your lifestyle where you come from, you have to know that once your career... Mm-hmm. If you start to move forward, mm-hmm. 
you really got to pick and choose the people you're hanging out with. You really do, because I, yeah, all my hood buddies, nah, y'all ain't rolling with me unless y'all clean up y'all act. Mm. You know, first of all, y'all, y'all, my age is still in the hood. That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to get caught up in someone else's uh, uh, mess. But then again, you know. Again, I my goal is not to be in the in the forefront. My goal is to stay in the back, mm-hmm. so I can live, you know, comfortably. But even that, I have a friend of mine. I'm gonna get him on the podcast too. He's an artist. I think you've met him, Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So he mentioned that in certain studios, if they're coming in and their people are, you know, drugged out or really drunk, they're not allowed to use the studio. In be. certain places. Because if you think about it, and you're wasting someone's time, mm-hmm. you know, and their money, and you can't sing, you can't perform at your best no. if you're like cracked out, no. or even if you're drunk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're wasting their money. And then, you know, you're not doing a pat down, but you got to think about that with your artists too. I think, I think honestly, you know, be just on top of that, people take the studio for granted these days. Now, when I was growing up, and I don't want to sound so old, but back mm-hmm. in the day, you know, dem- demo tapes were you saved your money, you paid a, a professional studio to allow you to come in there, do your thing, and you were prepared. Now, you know, everybody has a studio in their house, mm-hmm. um, so they don't come prepared. A demo tape now really is their mixtape. Um, but yeah, you never want to be at your best if you're inebriated beyond belief. That's why. When I work with my artists, we don't drink or we don't, they, if they smoke weed, they cannot smoke until we are done mm-hmm. doing what we have to do mm-hmm. because you're going to stumble over your words. You're not going to say things cl- clearly, you know, and I don't have time to waste. Like, you know, I'm, I, uh, you know, I travel a lot for my full-time job. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm away from my girl. I'm away from my dogs. When I get home. For that one little moment before I have to pack my suitcase up and get on the road again, mm-hmm. I ain't got time for no bullshit. So mm-hmm. you, you're going to come to the studio ready to work. And, you know, garbage in, garbage out. That's true. Very true. Mm-hmm. Now, at, you know, touch on the festival, not the festival, but the workshop, uh, what's it called? Panel? Oh, it's, it's, there's a pan- it's, it's an expo. Expo, expo. Yeah, I'm like, expo. festival? I'm like, yeah. the play that we're, I'm like, wait, no, expo, expo. It's expo, yeah. Okay, so at the expo, Let's say an artist is walking through. Who is the artist that you would want to have walk through and say, Carrie, I want to work with you. Who would you want to work with that's working professionally right now? You're like, this is my dream artist to work with. Alicia Keys. Okay. Why is that? Because her voice, she can go from from very, very deep, Mm -hmm. like man deep, Mm -hmm. to very, very high, to the prettiest girly high. More importantly, she can get soft I like a, a female artist who can give me thought provoking writing but over a hard edge beat. Like on her first album, the first song on there was over old dirty bastards beat mm-hmm. uh girlfriend. I'm like, that's what I want. You know, I want that sweetness over a hard edge beat. So I would like to work with her because she's hip hop at heart. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. She has a hip hop heart. And so does Beyonce too. Mm-hmm. But Alicia Keys, it's just something so raw about her. So yeah, it would be it would be her as a female. Mm-hmm. So now I got to see. I see. I just expanded on your question. Yeah, I was like, oh, so wait, so maybe there's two because you have Alicia Keys as your female artist. Who is the male artist? Mm. Uh. See, I thought you expanded because you had one already lined up. Because you just said as a female artist, I was like, oh, so you got someone else? Because I like working with female artists more than I like working with male artists. Because mm-hmm. uh, you don't find many male artists who can really get down, get down when it comes to singing. So they might be able to sing. Like I would, I would like to work with maybe like Joe. Okay. Or uh, Anthony Hamilton, Raheem Devon. Mm-hmm. A soul, a soul. <laughs> so a, a, this is my dog, Oreo. Get down. She's joined the podcast. A more soulful singer. Oops, I'm there sorry. we go. No, you're good. Uh, I mean, you know, that would be it for 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 black people. Oh, so we've expanded again. <laughs> All right, so we have another person. All right, well, then who, white or Asian or Middle Eastern or whoever? Uh, white, it would be Mad Sada, the independent group I told you about. Mm-hmm. I would love to work with them. Like, they have so much soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I was joking with Sharon about that. I was like, it's crazy how uh, white people stole R&B. 
Mm-hmm. And it, actually, Asians are taking over dance. Yeah, I mean, it's still, Especially out here. it took rock and roll, now they're taking uh, R&B. I mean, it's, it sounds, if it sounds good, it is good. I'm just saying that we're not focusing on the art that we created. Yeah. But, uh, For me, it's whoever does good music. If you do a good job, or if you do a great job at doing it, I don't care what you look like. I have no idea. Yeah, I have if no, your music I, is great, I'm like, I don't care. Because yeah. when you listen to it, you're listening to it. And yeah. if I'm feeling something that you're performing, you know, then it works for me. Yeah, Mad Sada, that band is really, really good. So I would definitely want to work with them. Uh, for uh, And that's that's males and females because they're mm-hmm. a band. So they would be all the white folk that I work with. Okay, so we got white people. Well, we, got, yeah. we got the male, we got the yeah. female. Yeah, I'm trying to cover all the, even though they all roll up the R&B, but, R&B, but those were, I really like those acts. So. Okay, so you have your genre. Do you feel like that's your, your niche? R&B? Well, no, I'm still hip hop at heart. Okay, uh, so hip hop, R and B, those are your your but, passion, right? Style, but, I, but, I want, but I want to learn jazz. Okay. Um, and so I'm doing my theory studies now. Once I get done with that, I'm going to move to jazz theory because it's just a, a, another level of complexity that I'm very intrigued by. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, jazz, R and B, hip hop. Uh, right now, I'm calling what I do hip hop and blues, as opposed to rhythm mm. and blues, okay. so I can have a little mix of the two. So you hear this guy's first. He's yep. created a new genre yes. of music. Yes, hip hop and blues. Hip hop and blues. Okay, that's, here we go. That's oh wait, thoughts on Spotify, Pandora. Oh, so are this is listeners. Oh, okay. So I guess that's in reference to title too. I guess as we we're talking about too, because then now there's title mm-hmm. and these different music, Pandora, Spotify. What are your thoughts on all these new ways to listen to music now? I think it's great. I mean, I don't do with I don't deal with uh, Pandora. I like Spotify because it's more on demand for me. Mm-hmm. So I always go in there. I can look for new independent acts, listen to it, and if I like it, and if it's on iTunes, I can go buy it. Or if it's on Bandcamp, I can go buy it. Um, I like Spotify, but what? I, but but they're not paying the songwriters. They're not. Mm-hmm. They have to get a mil- they have to get a million streams to yeah, get ninety two dollars. Yeah, uh, to artists. Oh shit! Happy damn! I should just read it. Type it again for me. That person. I'm going to just read exactly what you write again. If you could. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, songwriters are getting screwed um, by the streaming services, unfortunately. Tidal was put together to somehow be more fair to them. Mm-hmm. But even at the expo that I'm going to tomorrow, they actually ha- they're having a panel. And um, I won't call it a petition, but I can be an advocate of, uh, of an actor trying to get approved via Congress. Okay, I'm uh, 10 million listeners equals 5,000. Yeah. That's, that's, oh, I'm sorry, 50, oh yeah, 5,000. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that's ridiculous for the songwriter. And, and see, who collects those royalties? 50,000. The, uh, the, 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 published, the uh, performance rights organizations like ASCAP, BMI, their job is to collect the money from these types of, these streams, things of that nature, but it's not a lot. And they're saying that this is helping grow the artists, but if you're an independent songwriter, you're not touring and making forty thousand for a show or a hundred thousand for a show. You really need this money from the streams. Or you actually really need people to go out and buy your work. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm going tomorrow. Uh, that's part of the expo is to talk about how songwriters are being affected by the streaming services and trying to get a congressional law put in place to give them their mm-hmm. fair share of, of royalties for these streams. Spotify will say that we pay these artists fairly, but again, if a million streams is less than $100 or less than $1,000, you know, that's not good. And, and these artists need to get paid, these songwriters at least. Mm-hmm. The songwriters are just as much in the background as the producers, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, yeah. That, that's what the, about title? Yeah, they're saying pay the artist. Pay the artist, exactly. I agree. Well, not just the artist. If the artist didn't write the song, pay yeah. the song. Yeah, the I so- think it's the whole package. The you know, whole the package. artist needs to be paid, the producer. Because yeah. it's a team. Yeah. It's the same thing for like movies and TV shows. You know, you want to, everyone across the board does their job. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think the, the counterpoint that these streaming services try to make is that it's combating piracy. Mm-hmm. Piracy is never going to go anywhere, right? People are still going to mm-hmm. illegally download your shit. Mm-hmm. That, that's just the way it's going to it's going to be. But I am less I'm 
I can see people less inclined to go and download the MP3s when they can. When I I pay Spotify nine dollars a month or nine ninety nine a month mm-hmm. um, for the service because a that money does go to the artist. B I can listen to that music offline when I'm on a plane or somewhere where I can't be streaming. That's why that's the value I see in Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they rose rose the price to fourteen dollars, saying hey we're going to give more back to the artist, I'll be up for it. Mm-hmm. But not everyone's going to be up for that. A lot of people still stream it for free, and they're limited to whatever they're limited to. Um, but uh, it's not going to end piracy. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going. There's still there'll still be bootleg CDs and bootleg DVDs fly, floating around the barbershops mm-hmm. to the end of time. You know. So the, so the, so and Neo wrote a great Neo wrote a great article uh, on the ASCAP site, which is another reason why you should sign up for ASCAP is because. The newsletter is actually good information if you care about music. Neil was writing about how uh, artists and independent songwriters are getting screwed over by these streaming services. And Neil was saying, mm-hmm. hey, I don't suffer the same fate because I'm getting money from doing shows and my publishing. Because, again, very important for all his songs on the radio and all the people he wrote for um, uh, and other sponsorships that he has. But for the independent artists like a Mad Sata, I keep going back to them because they are really fucking good. Mm-hmm. You know, they're selling their CDs at the show and their T-shirts at the show. So if they put their stuff on Spotify and they get nothing for those streams, it's not good for their growth. And the only way we can keep uh, supporting our favorite bands or indie bands is to keep revenue coming so they can do it, you know? Um, You'd be surprised how many producers have had, you know, records for top-chart artists, but they still have a full-time job because it's not their... They Mm -hmm. can't make... They can't make money full time doing what they love, mm-hmm. you know, which is what I aim to do mm-hmm. at, at some time in the future. Hell, I still got a full time job, but you know, I'm I'm of the theory sometimes you got to get up an hour earlier and stay up an hour later mm-hmm. to do what you got to do. So I got two full time jobs, if you ask me. Very true. So with that, since you have so many full time jobs, uh, you know what I thought about it too. I forgot to text your other half. And let her know that we were doing this right now. So we'll see if we can actually have that available for her to do that. So you have two full-time jobs. Yeah. And a love life. I do. So who is that? And how are you able to balance all that out? She is very understanding and very patient. That's my boo, Sharon. Mm -hmm. That's my baby. We've been together... It'll be, uh, we'll be, we'll, we've, we've been dating five years. Okay. Uh, we will be in a relationship five years, December. Okay. She's very patient because when she met me, I was on a break from music. I, I've been making music since I was eight years old. As an artist, I was, I was a rapper. Mm, okay. <laughs> and not such a great one. But you were doing it at eight. So even I, as a kid, you knew you were going to be in this business. I, I decided I wanted to start making making my own music when I was, got around 15 or 16. That's when I started. Mm-hmm. Luckily, the producer that I worked with for all the demos that we did, he, he taught me how to do it. And he was very gracious to when he finally opened up his professional recording studio to give me a key and let me come in there and work and, and, and learn more until my mom, until I convinced my mother to buy me my own setup. Hmm. And then that when I was able to do it every single day, it really took off. And how were you when this happened? You were going to the studio and the professional studio. We was seventeen, eighteen. Okay. Because they they opened it up. I don't know where they got the money from, but they opened up a, a professional <laughs> studio, and you know we had artists, but you know he wanted me to be like the the beat producer because we had so many artists he couldn't do them all. So he would give other acts to me, and then he would focus on the main acts. So it helped me grow mm-hmm. in terms of making the music, but also working with artists, helping them write, put the concept together, and making the songs. And that was great. So I've been doing it for a very, very long time. But then around 2010, 2008, first of all, let me just rewind. I've always had a strong work ethic. I also got my first job at 14. Mm-hmm. And then I've dropped out of school uh, twice. Uh, when I was a legal age to do so. So at 16, at that point, you can work 40 hours a week. So I was always working, mm-hmm. uh, even when I wasn't in school. Um, but I, I got my GED eventually. Mm-hmm. When I got into my late 20s, I decided to go ahead and go to college because at that point, I finally figured out what the hell I wanted to do 
in a real career in the IT industry. So I went to college, got certifications, blah, blah, blah. By the time I got out of college and finally graduated, I had already landed the job that I needed to have a, a full-time career. And I was starting to lose interest in music because I didn't like the direction it was going. And at that point, I was strictly hip-hop. I didn't like the way where hip-hop was going. I was still stuck in the 90s. I was not really liking where hip-hop was going in 2010. So an incident happened where an artist that I was working with got uh, a murder charge. Mm. And I've known that artist was 20, 22 at the time. Well, actually, I think he was 18 or 19 at the time. But I've known that artist since he was five years old because mm. his dad used to bring him to the studios. I, I've known him for that long. So that sucked the, just the life out of me. I was just like, you know what? I, my, my opinion on everything changed. I couldn't do this anymore because I can condone the violence and the the promotion of destruction. I'm selling crack. I'm a boss. I'm a neighborhood drug dealer mm. type. I couldn't. I couldn't co-sign that anymore. When I was a teenager, it was risque. I was like, yes, I love NWA. Blah blah blah. Fuck the police. But as an adult, and I wasn't even a father, but as an adult, I'm just sitting here like, I would not want my children to think that it's cool. Or or or, or, or you know, I like Rick Ross as a rapper, but the drug shit I don't like. I just don't like that, and I don't know how, I mean, it's cool, it sounds good, and if you're doing it as a narrative, you're just telling a story, because this shit, it's real shit that does happen in the streets, but I cannot promote destruction, so because of an artist that I work with caught a murder charge, that just sucked the life out of me, I just, I couldn't deal with it, I was like, you know what, I don't know any rapper, and all the rappers that I dealt with, who I worked with, were still on that thug shit. I'm in a different, I'm thinking differently now, you know, I'm, I'm matured now. What about artists and artists crime sampling? Crime sampling? Well, uh, artists taking from other artists and sampling their, oh, their that's, work. Well, that's just, that's hip-hop. That's just the mm. essence of hip-hop. I don't sample because I've had too many instances where me and another producer were digging in the same crates. And I like to be as original as possible, so mm. I, don't, I don't sample. Oh, blurred line situation. Well, I mean, they knew that. That was, I mean, that you cannot, <laughs> that yeah, groove, yeah. that groove. You could tell those drums were, that that while they may not have been the same exact drums, the pattern, of the groove was the same as the Marvin Gaye record. Even the way that, even the cadence of the bass line. When I first heard that record, I thought, oh, it's the the, the Give It Up record for, by mm. Marvin Gaye. I figured that they would have got permission and paid the family, paid the estate, but they didn't do it. Um, and that's the problem with, with the sampling. That's another reason why I stopped because I'm not trying to give up my publishing, um, give up my royalties because I wasn't creative enough to come up with my own melody. That's why I create my own melodies. That's why I study music theory and practice my instruments because it lets you know how far you can go. Because the artists that we sampled from, they knew that, they knew that shit, so why, why shouldn't I know it? I'll tell you a great story that I just saw on on YouTube. You remember um, Peter Guns and Lord Tyree? Oh yeah, Deja Vu. Mm -hmm. Well, they did. They sampled that. That sample was from Steely Dan, uh, mm -hmm. and they made the record way before getting permission. They didn't have. They had no idea it was going to blow up like that. But that became like a New York anthem. Well, it turns out Steely Dan wanted a hundred percent of the publishing from that, Dang. which means that anytime that song comes on, Lord Tariq and Peter Guns gets no money from it. Mm. And that is a huge record that still gets played today. Oh, yeah. But that's and I, another reason for, you know, not the sample. I mean, granted, again, that's the essence of hip-hop. If you're doing a mixtape or something, or if you can get that sample cleared, by all means, do it. But I'd rather not give up my publishing royalties uh, for that. Uh, don't use other people's stuff. Yeah, pretty much don't use other people's stuff. Like, yeah, I mean... But then what about, let's say, for example, music has been going on for... Years and years and years and years. Mm -hmm. What about, let's say, for example, I take someone's stuff, music, and I'm like, I didn't get the rights, but I tweak it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get around to cut corners. What about that? That, that How do you think that, that you know, that, do you feel like that's okay to do? No, absolutely not. I mean, there's there's something called an uh, interpolation. That's, uh, I may be saying it wrong. Interpolation. It's that, the IPA kicking the Navy. That's <laughs> that's when I take. Let's say, let's let's say I took a, 
I don't know. Let's say Janet Jackson's come back to me. Mm-hmm. And instead of just directly sampling it and putting it on top of drums, I just replay it. I still have to get permission to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, what I've learned by studying copyright law, which is something other people don't do, mm-hmm. is that if I'm doing a cover of Come Back to Me, well, that's okay. Because there's a lot of bands who start as cover bands. Hell, the Beatles started as a cover band. The Rolling mm-hmm. Stones started as cover bands. So doing a cover of a song, you can get away with that. You still have to you know, give credit to where it comes from, but copyright law, you can do as many covers as you, as you want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I just straight jack your sample, no, I, I owe you something. Uh, tweaking it is just, why even do it? That's the vanilla ice shit. You know, that's the ice ice baby shit. Like, why why even do that? Like, he lost a lot of money for that. And people will know at the end of the day. Like, if I tweak it and do it, like, maybe a different key, you're still going to know listening to it, yeah. it's that song. The musician will know. And, and, and honestly, I'm not trying to say that if you're a, if you sample that you don't have talent. You still have to have an ear to put it together. I mean, my favorite, you know, all my favorite hip hop producers sample Eric Sermon, DJ Premier. I mean, currently even back home in, uh, in North Carolina, Ninth Wonder is a huge sampler. sampler. Mm-hmm. But that's 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 the essence of hip hop. That's that's just the way it is. Um, but they got to make sure that the artists they sample from get paid. Some people try to get slick and get like samples from overseas mm. or they'll try to take a sample and chop it up so finely and put pieces in different places that you won't notice it's a sample. But I get more, and when I started out making beats, all I did was sample because the only piece of equipment that I had was a sampler. Mm. But now I have my keyboards, I have my guitars, I have my bass, I have a, as many virtual instruments at my disposal that I didn't have 10 or even 15 years ago and my mind has opened up to music more because I went and did the knowledge and I'm still not I still have a long way to go but I do feel as as if I know a lot more now than I did way back then and it's very fun more importantly I've been starting to work with real music with real real musicians like trumpeters and Mm. guitarists and having them come to my studio to play and it's just amazing how there's nothing like the real thing you know and just the ideas when they're improvising and what comes off of the top of their head, kind of like freestyling when you rap. Um, it's just a feeling that I can't explain, and that's the feeling I always want to have when I create. So, you know, I, I stopped sampling a very, very long time ago, uh, over 10 years ago, and I've never turned back. Hmm. Now, I know you were saying ever since you were like, what, eight, you've been doing music. Mm-hmm. Did your parents always support this? Because obviously music, the music business is not like your typical nine to five or a steady profession. But when you started doing stuff at the house and even going to the studio, even before then, were they always very supportive? No, because to be quite honest with you, unless they stumbled upon it, they never heard any of it. Because mm. I was cursing up a storm and saying the stupidest, most ignorant shit possible. And I would write my rhymes on my dad's computer, I had a little floppy disk, and I stored all my rhymes in, in a little Word document. And who knows, I may have accidentally saved some to the hard drive that he may have come across, like, what the hell is he talking about? I mean, I swear, I've killed so many people. <laughs> <laughs> I've killed so many people, man. I've done police chases and all types of crazy shit. <laughs> In my rhymes. The DJ floppy disk. Yeah. Oh man. That's funny. Uh, yeah, I had a, I have a, I have a little case of floppy disk still. I still have all those, and I have all the rhymes that I wrote in the nineties in, in a little book bag in my closet. Mm-hmm. And I still have my um, my sampler that I used when I first started making beats. This is a reminder of where I came from, mm-hmm. and that sampler used nothing but floppy disk. So I have about five cases of of, of two point five inch floppies, which I don't know if you can find those shits. I don't know if you can buy those anymore, but um, I still got them. Oh, man. So, did you know that you always wanted to do music? Since you were doing music as young as eight, did you say at eight, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life? Or you were kind of like, oh, I still want to be a policeman. Or what was it? I, I had no idea what I wanted to do when I was You were just being... I was just... that. Was, I, I wrote stories in elementary school. Um, and part of rapping is telling stories so mm-hmm. I would just write stories I, I enjoyed English and literature classes and things of that nature so um, 
That's just what I like doing. I wasn't. You gotta keep in mind this is late '80s, early '90s, so the so rap was a lot different then. Even and even in the way that you said things, your voice, you know, you talk all tough and stuff. Uh, you know, back then it was it, it was a lot different. But I always knew that I wanted to do that. I really wanted to be a rapper. The only problem is I'm very introverted. Mm-hmm. I'm very shy around people that I don't know. Um, so I don't have the charisma uh, that other artists may have, and that's very important as an artist to have is to have charisma. Um, that's why I'm not mad at Dr. Dre or Puffy, people who don't write their rhyme, who don't who don't write their own rhymes, because mm-hmm. quite frankly, they got the, they got the charisma, they got the stage presence, you know. Now I still don't think Puffy can rap, but Dr. Dre does a pretty damn good job mm-hmm. at it. But so when you hear, so you know, of course, artists don't want to get exposed of having writers, but you know, kind of like Jay Z wrote Foxy Brown shit. Mm-hmm. Shit sounded good. If it, it sounds, works. If it sounds good, it is good. Granted, you know, uh, maybe she wasn't, she couldn't come up with her own stuff. But hey, it mm-hmm. is, it is what it is. But um, uh, how did I even get there? Uh, oh, because I was introverted. So yeah, saying why you didn't decide so, to be. So the three or four times I actually got on stage to perform, I was so I was scared to death. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in front of a crowd. I'm a teenager. And the supplement, when it wasn't my time to rap, I would just do little stupid-ass dances, which was so ridiculous. I still get embarrassed about it now. And that was... Wait, so we need to know, are there videos? No, because there was no camera phones back then. Dang. This is This is the mid-90s, so... So there's no proof of this happening or for anybody to go and Google to find this of oh. you dancing and rapping. Only the people who were there in North Carolina, Plum Crazy, that was our club, Plum Crazy. Plum Crazy. Opened up for Keith Murray and we opened up for Next back when they were hot on the bottle of okay. shit. Oh, so you opened up for them? Yeah, we opened up for them and That's I was I was big. scared to death. I realized I'm going to be behind the scenes. I mean, fame is something I've never wanted. Mm-hmm. I just want to make music full time. And I don't care if it's for a million dollars or half a million dollars or half of a half a million dollars. Let's let's stay somewhere in the six-figure range if mm-hmm. we can. But I want to um, I just want to do that full time. I want to wake up create go to sleep wake up create that's all i want to do mm-hmm. and i'll let another artist with the talent and charisma do all that and the stage presence do that because again a very important tool for people to connect with you if you just get on stage and you just stand still and wave your arms around nobody cares you got to be moving around i got to hear every word you say clearly and we have to be drawn to you and you know maybe back in the day i would have been better as a writer maybe i should have wrote for other people i don't mm-hmm. know but right now, my writing is the music that's on the notation staff right mm-hmm. now. So. All right, random question for you. So what's something outside of music that you would say that you're really good at? Uh, video games. So you can play video games really well. Okay. I, I don't consider that. A, is that a skill? I don't know. I mean, Everyone's skill that I've been at. <laughs> everyone says something extremely different. So we'll take it. Video games. I mean, they do have competition. They have competition. So if you win. have a skill and you're really good at playing video games, because I don't. Um, I'm not good at video games. Addiction. Addiction? Oh, do you? Oh. Uh, do I have? Is that the question? Is there, do you have a question? A video, or, a video game addiction? Or something about? I don't know. Are you addicted to video games? No, not like not like I was when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Actually, the main reason I got a job at fourteen was to be able to buy a PlayStation. And buy okay. Because I knew my parents weren't going to buy it, so I wanted to make enough money to do it, and I would buy and sell and trade all my games and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Oh, okay. Video games are oh are an addiction. Oh yeah, I mean they're yeah. right as a, as an adult. It's hard for me. I have to delegate time to play. So if I get an hour. Or two hours of playing some GTA Five, I'm very happy. Um, but back in the day, I would just lay in the '90s and late '80s. I would just lay on my little beanbag and, my, and play all day. Me and John would just sit and play all freaking day. Mm-hmm. Now I have to make time to do it, but actually, it's still a stress reliever for me. I get to yeah. escape, I get to escape by doing that. And you I know? think that it's it becomes an addiction for anything if it takes over your life. You know, if it takes over you doing your music, if it takes over you doing your job that pays your bills, if it becomes your priority and your focus. But if it's a stress reliever and you're doing that just for fun to relax and wind down and you happen to be good at it and can beat everybody else, then that's just, I'd say it's more of a hobby. Oh, yeah. But for some people, it is an addiction. Oh, yeah, because you got to keep in mind, like, there's these MMOs like World of Warcraft and, uh, uh, like a joint. It's like, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm like, let me see. I'm like, like, I wonder if yeah. someone know. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but there was this uh, MMO. It's a multi, multi massive, multi massive online role playing game called World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. and that's six months of my life that I can't get back. And I said, you know what? I will never participate in this type of stuff. Like, I would get up at 5 a.m. in the morning and play for eight hours on a Saturday uh, because I had a group of friends who were always trying to level up. They had to mm. keep leveling up. So I'm, I don't get trapped in those games anymore, but I can see how. There's people who have died playing Warcraft for 48 hours straight, 72 hours straight. There's, Ain't nothing that serious. There's internet cafes in Japan where people will go and just play all fucking day and don't get up, don't eat, and they die. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I, it ain't that serious for me. I'll get an hour in, maybe, in within two days. But that's something I really enjoy doing as a as a stress reliever. Yeah. I don't know what else I'm really good at. I'm not a handy guy. Mm. I don't have a green thumb. I can only, I can cook some. You know what? I can cook some good ass chicken and dumplings. You know, I was just about to say I can make some good chicken, ass chicken and, and dumplings. dumplings. Yeah. Yeah. He can throw down with some chicken and dumplings. So that's a skill so, that people. Watching or know you may not know about you. But I, I'll be quite honest, I'm very envious of those who are great with their hands in terms of doing handiwork, electrical work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I could do those things, but I was never into it. Mm-hmm. People who can fix cars, you know, I, I wish I could do that stuff. And, and, and quite honestly, it's never too late to do it. Yeah. But I put all my energy in. Uh, once I clock out from my full-time job, I put all my energy into um, in my studio, whether I'm studying, uh, playing, practicing, or creating. So tell everybody, uh, I guess, what you're working on for your goals or focus for this year, and music-wise, maybe with some of the artists, and where people can find you on social media so they can stay up to date with your artists that you're working with, and yeah, all that stuff so we can find you all your goodness. Um, Well, currently I I got two acts that I'm working with, primarily in North Carolina, a a rapper named uh, S. Gold. I cannot remember. I think his Twitter is s s d o t gold. I think that's his Twitter. Uh, then there's Nia Janae n i a g a j n i a j a n a e I believe. I just Google him. Yeah, or your your information because you'll yeah. you'll blast out on your social media yeah, 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 yeah. about what you're working on with them. So where can they find you know your Twitter, your Instagram, Facebook, or yeah, uh, whatever musically you want to tell people where to follow you. Uh, my Twitter is V-S-O-P Mania. That is V-S-O-P M-A-N-I-A. That's also my Instagram. I, I don't post a lot. I'm trying to post more, but mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't know. I just don't. Um, I have a SoundCloud, but I'm going to be quite honest with you. That's not my best work. Because uh, it, it goes back to what we were talking about, about people stealing. Mm-hmm. I'm so afraid that people will steal. I, I, I've seen people steal. And I'm afraid to put my good stuff up there. I'm, pro- I'm probably hurting myself in the process by not doing it. And actually, today is the day I'm going to decide whether I want to make that leap to put some good stuff up there. I'm just, just the, but the, the 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 theft, the beat jacking is at an all time high, and I just don't mm-hmm. want to be a victim of that when I'm still trying to get my feet squarely planted. But follow me at VSOP Mania on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my SoundCloud is VSOP Mania as well. You can hear the four or five songs I have up there now. They're just remixes of uh, acapellas that I liked back in the day over my beats. And these are old beats, so again, don't judge me by that. Depending on how today goes, I may have something up brand new and fresh strictly for this expo. Depending, Because if I meet somebody there, I don't want them to go to that SoundCloud and judge me mm. by that. So uh, that's what I'm going to work on today, actually, is what I'm going to put up there next. Um, so as of today, or the end of today... First thing tomorrow, you can hear a brand new beat from VSOP Mania on SoundCloud. Actually, it's going to be a few beats. It's going to be a snippet. Okay. I'm going to take pieces of a bunch of different beats and put them together in maybe a five-minute, six-minute uh, sampler. Uh, but unfortunately, you might get a little annoyed because I'm going to tag the shit out of them. So every bar, you're going to hear somebody saying something. Uh, it's also on YouTube, Born Sensation, Action, Bronson. I like Action Bronson. He reminds, his first of all, his voice sounds just like Ghostface Killer of uh, Wu Tang Clan. And then when you see him, it's just a big white dude with a big thick beard who's also a chef, but and he's a sports fan. You know, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he sounds just like Ghostface. I'm a huge Wu Tang fan. Like we can talk Wu Tang all day. Matter of fact, we might 
argue on how we will rank the nine members. <laughs> um, but um, yeah. When we get off this podcast, we can still figure out this person what their thoughts are. Yeah, but yeah, I like Action Bronson. I love uh, the independent rap scene is good. You know what? I really love battle rap. I watch battle rap every week on YouTube uh, because I think they're the ultimate lyricists. It just just so happened they don't know how to make records, the, and the records are, are what the are what the machine fuels right now. But mm-hmm. uh, out of pure lyricism, thought provoking lyrics, when they're not talking about shooting each other and shit like that, battle rap is where it's at. Mm. Got it. Cool. So you guys know where to find him on all social media and stay up to date with his artists and. What Carrie Holland is doing with VSOP Mania. You can also find me on Twitter and Periscope, Bacon Eating Megan. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast or watching on Periscope, you know that. And on Instagram, it's Megan, M E G A N, the letter A, and then Weaver, just like the word. And on Facebook, it is I am Megan Weaver. And I think that's it. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, there's so many social medias. I kind of forget I'm like, in, did I list everything? So either way, you can find me on one of them. One of those things. So thank you so much for listening. Until next time, Oreo saying hi on Periscope, everybody. So if you're watching, that's my dog. All right. Thanks, guys. Until next time on Water and Wine Time with Megan. Love, life, and entertainment. Say bye. Adios. Deuces. Bye. Adios.